717 back here on the KYMN Morning Show. Pleased to be joined by our dear friend, Representative Todd Lippert of District 20B, such as it is. How you doing? I'm good. I'm pleased to be in the chair with you and see you uh, hosting today. It's great. It's, this is, it's always fun to do this for a week. And then when the week is over, I'm always really happy when I don't have to do it next week. So. <laughs> well, this all, when I see the uh, boards and everything you have to move around, I, it looks like a mystery to me. So I'm glad you're doing it, not me. What 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 is great is that like the blinking lights are still blinking, and the the, the lines that are supposed to move up and down are still moving up and down, which means that we're still on the air. That's so good. That's I haven't I haven't broken that part yet. So <laughs> yeah. Well, what's been going on at the uh, the Capitol this week? You've got a uh, uh, you've got a bill. Uh, oh wait, we, before we get to that, we should talk about the uh, the budget surplus that came out on Tuesday. Yeah, the, so the, the new forecast. The week started with a bang with a, a new budget forecast. So we yeah. had a record budget surplus of seven point seven billion dollars. We thought it might go up, it yep. did. Uh, so the newest number was nine point three billion dollars. I so frankly, I frankly am disappointed. I was promised ten billion, Todd. <laughs> well, we didn't quite get there, but it's still an eye popping number. And and it the is. takeaway for me is uh, why we have this surplus. Right. And the state economist was clear about that. Uh, it's because corporate profits have really gone up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the profits of S and P five hundred companies in twenty twenty one went up fifty percent. Wow! Right. And so that leads to much bigger tax receipts. Uh, that was, you know, uh, I don't think we've been, everyone's been trying to figure out why, why are we having, why do we have this surplus number? Well, because corporate profits have really, um, been accelerating and have, and have accelerated through the pandemic. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and that really shapes the debate at the Capitol kind of, uh, you know, I think shapes my resolve and that of my colleagues as we start having conversations, um, because we have, you know, our, our colleagues across the aisle are, are talking about permanent tax cuts for, for companies, for large corporations. And, um, I just don't, I think they're doing just fine. And we need to be focusing on, uh, the needs of, of families and Minnesotans whose budgets aren't keeping up and we can, Invest in particular areas and reduce costs, whether childcare, making sure that people have access to affordable homes, making sure we're supporting our schools. Um, these are, you know, some basic things we can do. And, um, you know, we learned, we just learned more about what's available because of the budget forecast. The other thing that's, um, a part of the conversation is there's more economic uncertainty now than there was a month ago because of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And so we have some signals from, uh, the Speaker of the House, from the Democratic lead in the Senate, Franzen, saying, um, you know, maybe we should, or we should be thinking about what we put in reserves also, uh, just to be, uh, a bit careful because we don't know exactly what's ahead of us in the months ahead. Um, the, the, the Republican proposal, one of the things that the Republicans want to do with the budget surplus, and, um, I, I, I'm only asking you this because I'm trying to understand exactly, I don't know if you can actually answer this question or not. The, uh, the, the unemployment insurance trust fund is in debt by $1 billion, correct? Is that the, is that the number? Uh, their proposal is $2.7 billion. Right. Where does that extra $1.7 billion come from? Or what is that about? Do you, do you, uh, do you have an understanding of that? So, um, the, the number I've been, I've been hearing about, about, uh, repaying that is $2.7 billion. Um, and, you know, the, the debate's been shaping up. I think, 
I'm open and my colleagues are open to a conversation about what do we need to do to make sure that we're supporting the smallest businesses right. um, that have been on, they were on the edge of the pandemic, want to make sure that they're doing okay. Um, the proposal as it's come forward, uh, which is backed by the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce, which is really kind of the lead advocacy mm-hmm. arm of the largest corporations, yep. gives a large amount of money to the largest companies. So, you know, for instance, uh, JBS, uh, you know, big meat packer, their profits doubled during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They've raised pork prices by 14%, driving inflation um, in meat prices. Uh, they would get a million dollars a year um, through the what's been proposed. Amazon would get $1.6 million right. a year. Walmart would get $6 million a year. I mean, you can just add it up if you start adding up these sure. large companies. So a large amount under their proposal is going to large companies. Uh, a small amount is going to the smallest companies. We gotcha. need to turn that around. Yes, we do. Um, so that's... Um, that's my perspective, the perspective of my colleagues, and uh, that debate will keep unfolding. Right. All right. Um, clean water has always been a uh, uh, something that's uh, a bit of an issue that you've always worked pretty hard on. But you've, there's a uh, you've got you're working on a bill for well water, clean well water. Is that right? That's right. So I had the second hearing on the Private Well Testing and Remediation Act, okay. which I'm excited about. So currently, uh, 1.2 million Minnesotans rely on private wells for their water. So one in five Minnesotans rely on private wells for their water, and there's currently no uh, safeguards in place for Minnesotans who are on a private well. If you live in town, uh, you ha- there are safety measures in place to make sure that when you turn your, your tap on, uh, you have clean, safe water. Um, and this bill is about making sure that uh, everyone has safe water to drink and that um, people who live in rural areas um, have equal access to clean water as well. So um, this would put a, a testing program in place through the Minnesota Department of Health. Mm-hmm. They would con- be able to contract with local governments, tribal nations, uh, to provide free and voluntary testing to people on private wells. It would also then provide support for uh, remediation or dealing with contamination issues once once that's found. And we know there are signif- significant contamination uh, concerns related mm-hmm. to nitrate, arsenic, manganese, uh, bacteria, uh, you know, sometimes there may be issues with lead. Uh, we don't know exactly how much because we don't have good testing in place. Right. So um, we need to gather, we need to uh, start this program, provide some support. Oftentimes, uh, you know, dealing with an issue could be just a few hundred dollars. Sometimes it's, it's significantly more than that. So we mm-hmm. have some uh, grant support in place through this bill. And we need to, to get this program in place, get the testing going, uh, provide some support, and then we'll be gathering data as well uh, so we know more about it. But uh, I've been working with the Department of Health and some other partners. Uh, we have a, you know, a, uh, a $30 million ask for this bill, and they say this is a, this, it's a big project, but this is a manageable start. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it received a, had a good reception in committee, so I'm hopeful uh, that we can get this in place. Right. You know, I realize we're talking about uh, private wells, but um, I, I'm, I guess I'm surprised the state doesn't have a program like this in place already because, I mean, people have been drawing water from wells for uh, pretty much as long as people have been drinking. <laughs> right. So it's uh, – it's, people can um, – Request a test and mm-hmm. test their wells, and and some people are doing that. Um, but it's it's right around twenty uh, percent of Minnesotans on yeah. on private wells are are testing their well uh, with some regularity, and um, you know that that isn't acceptable. So that's right. you know roughly a million Minnesotans uh, don't know if they have contaminants in their water, and uh, that's a lot. 
and this well would go uh, towards um, go towards fixing that. Yeah, Northfield's dealing with a, a, a pretty solid manganese problem right now too. It, it may, I mean, you hear these 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 words and the, and the things that get in the water. You don't even think too much about it until it's presented to you and shown exactly what like what what does that mean? Too much manganese in your water. Well, if you're pregnant, that means. That you probably shouldn't be drinking that water too much. And it's, so it's it's important stuff. Yeah, it is important. And there are some there are some areas of geologic vulnerability. So we're very close to the karst region here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the driftless zone is closer to the Mississippi River. Um, nitrate contamination is is a much bigger problem just because of the way water filtrates uh, through. Uh, through the ground, and um, the same is true in the central sands region in the in the center of the state. So we know there are places where we have some significant uh, concerns related to contamination or things we should be watching out for, as well as manganese and arsenic, arsenic which are naturally occurring right. uh, concerns. So this would just provide resources to the Department of Health to let people know, hey, you should be testing your water, and uh, we're going to provide that testing for free and some support for dealing with contaminants um please test your water so i'm i'm excited about this bill and hopeful it's it's um you know moving in the senate too so i'm hopeful that we can get this done that's great that's great and uh we keep hearing about uh this 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 uh crop this plant kernza that uh is is could be this uh it could be a really good thing for a lot of good reasons uh, to, to people around here, but you've, you've been doing some work on that, too. That's right. So we had a good hearing in the Ag Committee on Monday for supply chain support for newer crops like Kernza, um, also winter camelina, elderberry, uh, crops that provide continuous cover on the landscape in some exciting ways. So that's that's good for soil health. It can help sequester carbon, and these profit these crops are are profitable, and um, you know in in multiple ways for farmers too. But what and these these crops are on the edge of commercialization. What's needed now is some support for commercializing them. Um, new companies will talk about, or new new products will talk about, a valley of death. So they get started, there's energy, and then there's kind of this middle period where they have to get some financial support to to bridge um, getting to scale. And where these crops are at that point, so we want to provide some financial support because these crops have the potential to be scaled up across the Upper Midwest. Sure, and we want to um, see that reality unfold. What was one thing that was really exciting to me during the uh, hearing, and I was I was thinking about this. I had two Northfielders with me. Uh, Rahi Hazlamarikin was there. He has uh, Regenerative Agricultural Alliance, a regenerative poultry uh, system that that uh, rely you know wants to be integrating these crops as well as Christopher Abbott, who has Perennial Pantry, a Kerns a processing facility um, in the southern suburbs, but he's from Northfield as well. Uh, Colin Kiritans from the Forever Green uh, program. He lives in the Northfield area, um, and I was realizing, you know, Northfield's an ag innovation hub. There's a lot of um, innovative things happening in agriculture right here uh, because of farmers who are doing some new and exciting things. And part of what I've been interested in in the legislature is is providing support in any way I can uh, to um, these farmers who are, are doing this great work in the area. All right. All right. Representative Todd Lippert, we want to thank you again for coming in and uh, spending a little time with us on your Friday morning. Hey, uh, anything we should be looking for uh, next week in the... Uh... Uh, next week, a couple things. I'll be in the bonding committee talking about the Milltowns Trail. Oh. And I think we might see some drought relief come across, uh, come up for a vote next week as well for uh, 
for farmers across the state who've been still are struggling with uh, the effects of the drought. That would be big. There's some yep. people that are really looking for that. All right. Todd, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Good to uh, be here. Okay. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Uh, Rich Larson on 95.1 KYM, The Morning Show. We'll be right back with uh, the Northfield Director of the Library Services, Natalie Draper.